none of the scenes in this program were staged. School of Hard Facts, Edutainment, Infotainment. Well, I had my hard facts and everyone ignored them. Did I, did I notice that? You know, cause there's no point my... in having good facts. Because no, I suppose not. You're just like, that's just shield behavior. You know, <laughs> what you need is inflammatory conjecture. That's yeah. the main like, selling point, I think, if you're going to get involved in a lively debate online. Yeah, that's that's just as good as facts, really. Yeah. Well, now we're online. People can I take put, them as facts anyway. Yeah, can I put out my, uh, here, while we're yeah, recording, I'll put out my uh, my Brexit mystical fact of the week. Oh, yeah, go for it. Because of that, uh, if, you, if you saw the moment the English ostensibly sort of left Europe again, um, it was the eleventh hour, eleven o'clock, yep. <laughs> and um, and what they had is they had a picture of Big Ben with the sort of red, white, and blue bunting going over it. Oh, the clock face. Well, no, they had the countdown. First of all, you just saw number ten. Nothing, no one in front of it. You know, the celebrations are happening around the corner in Parliament Square. Looks like the football fans have taken over, waving flags and stuff, and then. But in front of number 10, deathly silence, yeah? This countdown, yeah. and then comes the countdown, and at the moment Big Ben strikes, they project Big Ben onto number 10 because the clock itself and the and the bell itself, Big Ben's the bell, actually, is um, it's not in being it's not being used at the moment. So this is not really Big Ben. This is just... I know, they just did some audio. To make yeah, right. Yeah. But they, they think is so they project... A tower onto Big Ben, reading wow. eleven o'clock, and every time the bell strikes, you see these lightning flashes emanate from the tower, <laughs> and oh. sort of flicker until the bell fades away, and then the next strike, bang, you know. So they've basically put a, a, a depiction of the lightning-struck tower from the yeah. tarot cards. They've projected yeah. it onto <laughs> Number Ten Downing Street, which, after maybe the Houses of Parliament, is this symbolic political center of england uh, the uk at the moment still and then <coughs> and then what's the date the date is the 31st of the second 2020 what's that add up to uh i don't know tell us nine. it adds up to nine okay there we've got our 9 11 window and we can run with it facts yeah <laughs> wow. 11 9 yeah. Do you know you why nine? Do you know why nine eleven is important? <laughs> no, I'm asking you seriously. <laughs> well, symbolism. all sorts of symbolism. Of course, it's all the associations we can play with now. No, it's not the associations. It's to do with the left-hand path, where if you skip from, if you go directly from nine to eleven. Oh, this you're is day missing, J. You're missing 10, and 10 is obviously the representation of God. 
Yeah, so, the Wheel of Fortune and the Tarot, it fits. It's, that's yeah. that's in between. That's yeah, sure. sure. It's really in through the window. And you've got in the in defence of these people who, who arrange these things, it's very difficult not to do a public piece of entertainment that doesn't represent a tarot card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but which one? Yeah, now, like, come, come on, on. Jay. you're an artist. <laughs> you're an artist, right? Somebody's deciding this shit. <laughs> and it's not one well, person. Let me just say, those are that's the major arcana, which are also known as trump cards. <laughs> this is it. Facts. <laughs> this is how you do it. We're trying to use facts to create an outrage of some that's that's the trick as you said isn't it? you got to get the facts to, to lead to towards outrage right there hasn't been enough sensational conjecture yet let's buy absolutely it not <laughs> <laughs> what'd you say maddie inflammatory conjecture or english you said that yeah <laughs> inflammatory conjecture yeah that's a perfect description of, of what aka facts if you come to you know our uh, pr fucking firm that's what you get advised <laughs> Yeah, inflammatory conjecture. <laughs> That's where you're going wrong, isn't it? I mean, come on. <laughs> in defence of the celebration at Parliament Square, which I think was rightly justified, I think <laughs> it was a very important um, situation for a lot of people because um, for the last. 30 or 40 years, you know, we've been slowly told that we're that it's not very cool to be nationalistic or whatever or support your nation or whatever. And um this is the first opportunity, particularly for a generation, that they've actually had the chance, probably since the Olympic Games, to just go out and enjoy being British and wave some flags and be like, yay. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> the last time that happened in England was 1977 with the Queen's Silver Jubilee. What do you mean? They have jubilees all the bloody time. <laughs> and the, the Olympics was pretty... I mean, you, know, you say the Olympics, that wasn't long ago. I mean, they've but got it, loads it, it, of it, reasons. They've got loads of reasons. Yeah, there's always some marriage something going on or now these days. Baby being born and there'll be another jubilee. The Queen will be 100 soon. I don't know. Yeah, but people didn't like spontaneously take over Parliament Square and have a sort of like just enjoy themselves for a night. You know? Was it? Yeah. Was it spontaneous? Looked like Nigel I mean, Farage the guys got, had got their stage up, and oh, I mean, yeah, that, sure. They mean the stage was irrelevant, though. Like the terrible entertainment they put on was pointless. It's just the fact of having a meeting point having somewhere in London where yeah, people... Yeah, you're probably right. There's a lot more annoyance. Yeah. I was yeah. saying the pictures I was showing you. Yeah, it was the pictures that were shown. That's the way they showed it. They showed it as a kind of... So it's a... I mean, so again, if you want to get everybody being proud to be nationalistic or something, it's unfortunate. It's not a case of getting everybody. That's not... <laughs> like, you're never going to get... Like, this idea that a nation can be unified is fucking ridiculous. I don't know where that comes from. No, that's people, true. People saying that, you know, it's just... But I think people... The people who want to be can be, you know. It's like, I think it's fine. Yeah, but they, they they always have been. I mean, like I mean, we were talking about Germany earlier, which is not very. It's really not cool. I mean, it was wasn't unthinkable until reunification, anyway. 
I mean, even bef- before that, they didn't even wave flags around when they won the World Cup. Um, so it's only started to sort of creep in since then, kind of national. But it, but but at the other, on the other hand, the local kind of like the Bavarians or oh yeah, exactly and all these, fine, these the local yeah, everybody very proud of their region. Most people will sort of go for their region and usually before their larger nationality. Certainly yeah. in Germany, England too. I mean, most of the time, even the English. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. So, and that is always been kind of, I don't know, I found it healthy and it culturally pretty healthy. I mean, I think that's why, I mean, otherwise they wouldn't have been able to, to launch such a sort of effective block, if you like, to this, as they saw it, globalism and things and this federalism, yeah? If they wouldn't, if it wasn't healthy. It is healthy enough to block it in some cases. So, yeah, I don't think anything's been blocked. No, I don't think I, so. Too. I, I think, think it's just been played. I, <laughs> yeah, the, the idea that they've told people in England that they're not in the European Union anymore is—I mean, that's basically it. It's just a one-line, it's a one-liner. I don't think it means anything for. There's not going to be less globalism or control, or it's just going to be uh, handed out in a different manner. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because yeah. I never I never considered Britain as being part of Europe in the first place because it's no. an island outside of Europe, and of course there's a lot of like European-born people from all different countries who go to Britain to work. So in that sense, like they are connected to Europe, but Britain has its own distinct culture with Scotland and Ireland and England all together, and I never saw it as as really part of Europe, except on paper. Oh, yeah, for sure. England has a fucking ridiculous place in the world. When you think about the seafaring empire that it used to run, I mean, the sun never set on the British Empire because it went around the world. And so it's extremely, extremely different from any European country that, you can't right it's incomparable yeah, they claimed they claimed australia india for a time yeah hong um, kong obviously new zealand and south africa and then they colonized america you got that ball rolling i mean it's crazy mm-hmm. it is crazy yeah that's what i mean yeah. supernatural help planted tea in india to fuck over the chinese <laughs> 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 got a lump for that. Hey, PG tips. You gotta love PG tips. <laughs> exactly. They were like, hang on a minute. Why are we paying these guys to buy it off them? We just plant it ourselves somewhere else. <laughs> Get somewhere else to grow it on our behalf. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. You see, that's the kind of mentality. You can't be part of a union if you do shit like that. No. Funny. Yeah, I mean, say what you will about Germany. They never they never went and conquered yes, and did. subjugated. Uh, they tried. They tried. Oh, to <laughs> North Africa. Well. First of all, they tried. They had a few places in Africa which they lost either to the French or the British, usually to the French. They had uh, Poland yeah, so they did Austria. Succeed, they had really. Austria for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Austria. Well, to be fair, the Austrian Empire was their kind of like 
Holy Roman Empire. They were, you know, inseparable, but um, sure, for a long yeah. time. And the, but yeah, they had they tried, and then they got kicked out of Africa. I sort of, you know, for a while at the end of in the 1700s, probably sometime. And then they, they made a comeback at the Conference of Berlin. You know, they carved up areas of Africa between themselves, the colonial powers, and and Germany got a couple of protect, protectorates and things, and started making big mistakes there. <clears throat> which isn't, they, it, isn't it true that that Germany, the the border that makes up Germany as we know it today, didn't actually exist until like eighteen sixty four or something like that? Yeah, eighteen seventy, eighteen seventy one, reunified Germany after uh, yeah Bismarck. So he did. They they there were the three wars. They got um, Schleswig-Holstein, which the Danes had. They first of all they got that back. Then they got Austria, and then there's this famous thing about you know Bismarck knowing that he couldn't have a war with the French unless they attacked him because then all their sympathies would be and he would then be able to unite Germany because everyone would be sympathetic if the French attacked. And there's a story that he you know some diplomatic telegram that. Um, came through Bismarck Bismarck sort of edited it so it looked like an insult and um, and then things uh, got tense and then the French declared war so he basically goaded them into declaring war but uh, yeah and the end of that yeah they the, at the end of that then they when they beat the French the siege of Paris which is famous for the French eating their zoo animals <laughs> you could get elephant and ostrich and shit but eventually they were yeah. starved out, and uh, and then there was. It's just funny and Bismarck it, didn't yeah. want anything. Bismarck didn't even want Elsas, but he, but he, they took Elsas. But he wanted to maintain those borders. Then that was his yeah. advice. That was a complicated time because that was yeah. still Holy Roman Empire and Hanoverian family and. Well, the Germans had been plagued by the French for years, especially on all the borders. Louis the Fourteenth used to sort of, you know, yeah. basically played them against each other and. You know, if he needed some money, he'd go off and get some. And uh, so well, the French kind of had it coming. Flood. The mud flood <laughs> fucked everything. Oh, I forget so. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's because they hadn't had their reset. You know, if they just had a few more star forts, maybe it would have been different. But <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, it's, changed it's, it. It's just yeah, it's funny because yeah, the political borders of in Europe have changed so much. Like, you know, growing up in America, you think all these countries are just have been that way. <laughs> uh, they've only been around for like just like no, just like 150, 200, like not really that long. Like, yeah, I mean, it's a lot the like the Middle scheme. East. You know, it's a lot yeah, like the Middle East. It's yeah. arbitrary lines drawn on a map that of uh, by the economic powers that be. Yeah, and a lot of them are just geographical accidents because of how rivers run. Or yeah, I mean. Well, and then you have special just, cases like Liechtenstein or yeah. um, uh, Luxembourg. Luxembourg. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah. Luxembourg. Yeah, which is where PayPal is uh, located. Is that where their headquarters is? Really, Europe. Yeah, yeah, wow. that's true. You could. Um, who was Not it? Surprising. That was the. No, who was it? That was there? What was that? What was the name of the country that was there? Ah, you know the name when you hear it. Um, I remember, but I remember the UK tax office. There was talk about them taxing people on their PayPal income. My immediate thought was, no, PayPal's based in Luxembourg. How the fuck are you going to tax me for money that's in Luxembourg? Like, that's essentially <laughs> offshore. 
Yeah, that's not part of the British banking establishment, is it? <laughs> no. Only H that. HSBC, only they can get in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Chinese banks. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not just... Uh, Engli English Chinese banks. Yeah, Anglo Chinese banks, yeah. <laughs> I was in the pharmacy this morning and um, three Asian women came in and asked if they had any face masks. <laughs> All right. <laughs> like, no. No, this is Spain. Before... Spain, we don't need them. <laughs> yeah. Just spit on the floor, you'll be all right. It was, um, yeah, and anyway, if you wear a face mask, it looks like you're infected and you're trying to you know, protect other people. Yeah. So everyone kind of makes a wide berth. When they see you with your face mask on, it's not. Well, that's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, does yeah. a face mask really do anything? Like, if no. you're already using hand sanitizers and your immune system is lowered based on, you know, your toxins you're ingesting, what good does a face mask really do? Well, would... In Asia, like in Japan, people wear them, but they wear them as a sign of sort of politeness as if they're containing their own germs. They don't sure. wear them to protect them from other people. It's more a symbolic thing, like, yeah. Because yeah. over there, that, yeah. you can buy them everywhere, like in 7-Eleven. You can buy them uh, with, I, like, cartoon characters on it. I could see it, like, as a way of... People, people just wear them all the time anyway. I mean, not everyone, but it's... I mean, I could see it, like, if you live in a major city and you want to maybe, like, try and reduce the amount of particulate matter that you're breathing in, I could see exactly. a potential Especially people that, using but... the metro and, you know, you're getting on busy metro trains. It's like... Oh, way. yeah, yeah. Because they're like, different. The... Yeah. Like, you're not, supposed to, you, you're not supposed to have your cell phone on on the metro and it's very orderly. I mean, people have a different mentality about that kind of thing. People don't eat in public either. It's no, I hate that. Very yeah. different um, mentality, you know. Mm. It's so uh, much more uh, pleasant <laughs> compared to London or New York. <laughs> yeah, because in America, you never see anyone wearing a face mask unless they're Asian, and you're like in New York or LA or somewhere like that, like. Yeah. Or San Francisco, or some some major city. Like nobody wears face masks here. <laughs> no, it's it's, it's just it's not a thing. Faintly uh, disturbing, isn't it? Not. It's like kind of Hannibal Lecter sort of land. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. if, you saw, if you saw a white dude in America wearing a face mask, you'd be <laughs> yes, like, "What's up with that guy? Yeah, right. <laughs> Stay away <laughs> from that dude." <laughs> well, that's what I mean. Yeah. It's, it's kind of... <laughs> I did see a funny meme. Chinese, it was a bunch of Chinese guys in hazmat suits, and it said, Oh, wait a minute, I thought they banned the burqa in China. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's everyone's jumping on this, uh, it doesn't matter what country you're in. In our country, yeah, here, a hospital 10 years still not finished, Japanese 10, uh, no, Chinese 10 days finished, and you just think, Go and what, what do you want? <laughs> What do you want? You really think that? I mean, first of all, this building ten hospital in ten and days. It's a nice picture. Let's have a look at it. It looks like in ten days it might fall down in ten days too. I don't know. 
Yeah, they made it fall out. And like in Hong Kong, I mean, Hong Kong, they, they still use bamboo scaffolding. Yeah, yeah, so, it's brilliant. Yeah, I've seen that. And they, you move in, they build the floors. And once they've got to the third floor or something, the first floor moves in and they carry on yeah. building on top and the other people are living in it. Yeah. As they as they continue building upwards, one of the most tech mad sort of building cities, and they're using bamboo scaffolding. Yeah, yeah, but it works. It does work. Yeah, then you don't have to have scaffolding all the way up this because it just hangs from the, the the level you're on. That's the amazing thing. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I've never seen that. I've never seen bamboo scaffolding. Oh, scary as fuck when you look up at it. Cool, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's really so, fat it bamboo. Yeah, yeah, it's, it would have no, to no, be, yeah. It's super fat, like, bamboo. What do, what do they use for fasteners? Like, how do they attach it Just together? use, uh, like, Ziploc things. No what shit, like, zip, plastic zip ties? Yeah. Thousands of them. <laughs> and then they throw them in the sea. <laughs> <laughs> and they end up in uh, turtles' noses. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Hong Kong is on the wall. It does stink of shellfish when you're in Hong Kong. It's like, <laughs> why does it smell of prawn everywhere I go? <laughs> uh, prawn is uh, shrimp for all our American listeners, if you didn't know. Okay. Shrimp yeah. cocktail. <laughs> shrimp, prawn, whatever. <laughs> Lobsters. Yeah, yeah, everything. <coughs> Have you guys seen the the videos from uh, Wuhan, China, where they're like fumigating the streets? Uh, like I haven't looked into it. Dudes in hazmat suits, they're like spraying like back in the fifties when they used to spray like um, insecticide to control mosquitoes. It looks like that. Yeah. Oh, sounds about right. It's like wow, right. what a bunch of theater. Really, is theater, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah we can lock down nine million people. Financial, right? I mean, I think so. Not some sort of shock testing. Let's see if everyone's on board with this. It's all working nicely. Sounds like a conspiracy theory, mate. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's the only way you can look at this. I mean, let's start there, please. Hang on, which tarot card is it when they're? Spraying in <laughs> streets. Yeah, it's yeah, interesting thought. <laughs> Let's really nail it yeah. down. I mean, there's, there's a lot goes into James Corbett's idea, isn't it? Generally, that you know China's being set up anyway as the boogeyman now. So look what they're doing. But this idea that you can lock down nine million people and the streets are deserted, and this oh, is that's ridiculous. And then. Um, yeah, and then there's uh, uh, you know things they do the things they do well like putting up hospitals and then this, but the things they don't do well like yeah it's so autocratic and authoritarian uh, but they've done it really kind of well and there's this strange mix of meme coming out there but generally I think a lot of it is highlighting China and China's you know, again differences um, because of this. Well, they go with the these flow. livestock these livestock markets they're getting at that now you know it's going to be. Yeah. yeah, which was you know yeah in Hong Kong you know I mean you know too that they are that's the most foreign thing about it that's the most Chinese you think wow you know and you see these trussed up lobsters and things they're all still alive yeah and it's something but it, this also it kind of makes you say look how kind of you know far away you are from reality and you're 
nice little plastic supermarket with everything dead and and you know because this is where it comes from if you're eating it this is where it you can you look at it in the eye and kill it before you eat it you know well that is <laughs> one of the depressing things about modernity about yeah people who only shop in supermarkets and just buy their plastic wrapped food and they don't really have a sense of where life comes from or yeah, and someone wants to move in there, you know, because it means you can go out, catch a fish, bring it to market, sell it. Yeah, it's like India. I mean, they, they, they can believe it. You know, you just you want something to sell, go on the street, sell it. You know, exactly. And so, um, yeah, and that kind of thing. Nah, we don't like that, do we? Everybody has to. So get we have extremely restricted markets. Yeah, we've been. We've been... And they use health, and you know, health is one of those ways of uh, ordering that market. You know, so everything has to be checked and tested, and you know. Yeah, that's a weird, like, mad thing in Hong Kong. You can be like on a shopping street that has like Gucci and Dior and all these luxury brands. Yeah, and you can walk around between them and then up some steps, up an alley, and there's just some guys. With his shirt off, frying fish on the street, yeah. <laughs> just on yeah, the open yeah. gas burner, you're like, there's a smell. You know, guy, guys going around with you know big sort of like wheelbarrows full of shirts and things like that, and you know yeah. fake Rolexes and stuff like that, and, yeah. uh, and they'd stop and you'd be and they'd be buying something, you'd be looking at something. Suddenly they just grab the thing out of your hands, throw it on the cart, and run off because there was someone after them. I don't know. And those whole old skyscrapers, you know, basically, I know what they were, offices, you know, everyone lives there now. But yeah. people just, what they want to sell, they stuck in front of the front door. And so it was like a kind of living, shopping, life experience, you know. You went in there, people were living there, they were selling shit, they were all, all, all at the same time. It wasn't separated in any way. I mean, people try and do that. I mean, there's that still, because people used to do that in Europe, in England, right? You know, some woman would make jam or something and she'd put it on a table in her front garden and, like, if you wanted to go and buy some, you'd just knock on her door and, oh, yeah, I'll buy a pot of jam, you know. Yeah, they're still there. You still see that in some places, you know. You see, yeah. Yeah, you do. Here you and there, yeah. yeah. But it's been kind of that, that idea of just simple sort of entrepreneurship has been, like, nailed out of people, isn't it, where you can't. It's hard to do things like that now. Yeah. It still goes on. Around here, they still have, like, local kind of cooperative thing. Like, there's a bike workshop, which is free on Saturdays. There's this little courtyard where these guys hang out, and you can go along with your bike, and they help you fix it. Or, And then next to that, there's, like, a fruit and veg shop where if you grow fruit and veg you can bring it there and they sell it for you yeah see cool like yeah these things do happen in the sea yeah it's not completely well it's really interesting because that's the kind of like the, the idea of the internet to be to facilitate things but in the real world there you facilitate you have a market where people come just like you, the flea markets here in germany you know so there are some places um that are open every saturday and you can come along with your stuff and you you know you pay your and they facilitate the flea market everyone knows it's there it's yeah. full well it's like yeah there's a big market here it's sort of on every day but 
Wednesday and Saturday in, in the tourist guide is when it tells you to go there. Yeah, yeah, and it's like a flea market, antiques, old records and books and things. Yeah. And there's some newer stalls that sell useful stuff like plumbing stuff. And, but then what's sprung up on the other side of the road is this whole like illegal market where people just put blankets out on the street and just lay stuff out. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and it's people like, yeah, cool. but it's all like the immigrant, like North Africans and Arabs and that, and they go through yeah. all. The, they spend all week just going through all the bins and everything, and just finding shit, <laughs> or going through the paper recycling and just taking all the books out. And yeah, just have like right. a whole blanket full of books, and they're all like one euro each, or like yeah. Just a blanket covered in mobile phone junk, chargers, (laughs) just all the spaghetti. Like, what? You know, just fuck's sake. Yeah, they're like kind of commercial wombles. They are fucking wombles, mate. (laughs) But they're there, and they're, you know, you can go and wander around and like buy five routers. I did that. I mean, (laughs) when I was really poor, I ended up in in a sort of commune house where nobody did anything. And it was just, it was the dirtiest and tidiest place you've ever seen. Yeah? What, what were you, a politician, <laughs> did you say, in the House of Commons? No, <laughs> no, no I was, no, I was no. skint. I was travelling. I had nothing. Oh, a communal house. Sorry, I misheard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. when you said you were doing yeah, nothing, it's, that sounded uh, familiar. To dress it up a little, they call it a co-op house, right? Do they, is that what they call it now? I don't know what we called it then. I can't remember. You didn't say commune, but I don't know what you called it. It is in England. It was a squad. commune. <laughs> I it wasn't a squat. Of, no, we... I knew a couple of people who grew up in communes. Like DJ Skits, he grew up in a commune with DJ Dye. Okay. Yeah, they, they grew up in a hippie commune. Oh, right yes. on. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah, like around, yeah. around where I live, it's... um. You know, you'll drive around these country roads and more often than not, you'll see some farm that has a sign at the end of their driveway, at the end of their lane that says eggs for sale, you know, $2 a dozen or something like yeah. that. Yeah, you right. see that a lot here when you go out. Into the, yeah, everywhere. You drive out of town, eggs, Thanks, honey. And then when it's mushroom season, yeah. people will just park up the car at the side of the road to put a table out mushrooms or strawberries mm-hmm. or whatever yeah. the latest thing is and you just yeah. pull over and buy them you know it's like yeah the next thing will be asparagus oh yeah that's yeah because oh, where yeah. we walk the dogs in the mountains there's wild asparagus you see the old guys up there chopping yeah. it down <laughs> like nice. oh, that but, but yeah. yeah asparagus is cool like that because it's one of those things like um like, you know, three generations ago, somebody's grandma planted an asparagus patch and then it just went wild and it's growing yeah. on the side of the road somewhere. And like, <laughs> if you know what to look for, you can find it. And if you go there early spring, yeah, you'll get free asparagus. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I get a bit. It's like, go take the dogs for a walk and it's like, oh, yeah, I can grab some of that for this week. 
And we're talking about freebies. That's the thing. So when I was in this horrible squat or whatever it was, you know, where, I mean, they were like the kitchen was just full of cups with penicillin growing out of them. I mean, literally, you know, forming <laughs> animal forms crawling out of the cup. And, um, Are you in the young ones? <laughs> yeah, I was in the young ones. That's where I was. So I thought, well, fuck all else to do. And I always start cleaning that place. I cleaned it from top to bottom. And they couldn't. What's going on? What's happening? Who's he? Who's <laughs> We've got What's an anarchist in our midst. Yeah, really. <laughs> fucked up guy cleaning the goddamn place and i found all sorts of stuff i and i repaired it or i find it and i'd say whose is this no one used it was mine right and um yeah and i sold all that stuff and i, I remember being real proud of myself because i got enough money for christmas dinner <laughs> i can oh, yeah. buy a thing like dickens i can buy a turkey for my family <laughs> yes <laughs> oh nice. dickens <laughs> Yeah, but that's Got a lot to answer for yeah. that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's what you do. That's what I mean. It's kind of like, hey. I mean, that's the kind of like underground economy. Like, I'm sure most of these people that are selling eggs and asparagus and strawberries and all that, they're not reporting that cash income. It's just like no one. That's what be. you do for. That's what you do for gas money and grocery money. Like, yeah, well, no one just... should be. Yeah, like the Indians around here, they sell beers on the street at night. Oh really? Wow. So they'll buy a bunch of beers from their cousin's store yeah. or whatever. And that then, would be uh, because there's a lot of people high. on the street at night. They just walk around. They just stand around with a bag of beers, like you know, one euro <laughs> a pop. And yeah. it's funny because I see them. They keep them in the street, like under the street. Like they have a key for the like the not a drain, like an electric box cover or something, and they keep all the beers stashed in there. But because there's a lot, because there's tourists and people walking around, so and a lot yeah, of the bars are keep full that shit locked terraces. up. Yeah, it's quite. Well, it's a service, it, then, isn't it? Yeah. It is a service, yeah. And then, of course, people do buy them because they can't be bothered to go in a store, or it's like you know, <laughs> young people. <clears throat> you know, they're not asking for anyone's ID. Yeah, right. <laughs> in terms of economy, because they're the same guys, all Indian guys who sell mojitos on the beach. You know, because <laughs> the city beach is packed, with tourists. And they just make up trays of pre-mixed mojitos with ice and mint. And they just walk around, mojitos, mojito. They're five euros a pop, and they just sell them. Because tourists, lazy, can't be bothered to go to the bar and bring them back. They're like, yeah, give us some, give us some. That's a really good idea. You know, places like here as well in the summer, they are so full, so full. And if you've got... I mean, you could have an app then, and you could have like you know, thirty or forty of your guys wandering around these big places, and the app, and people. They don't, the need, they don't need an app. They're no, they don't need the an app. <laughs> yeah, that's right. If you've got enough of them, you don't need need an app. They just you turn around and see the next one. You've got to have a big hat so that everyone can see where he is. That's funny. I was at the beach with my kids in the summer. We don't normally go to the city beach, but it was like, oh, fuck it, we'll go there. And then yeah, all the Mahios guys are walking around. And then suddenly they all just fucking started running. <laughs> and then, yeah, there was a squad of cops coming along the beach. <laughs> <laughs> they all disappeared for half an hour, which is perfect because then it's nice. It's a bit more quiet. 
because they're bloody annoying after a while. Oh, did you order it's the next time you need to order the police and then you get some space on the beach? Just go in a uniform. Just, yeah, go in yeah, a couple of guys in a uniform. You'd be surprising how much space you get on the beach if you go in a police uniform. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I thought that. It's, it's a, a good bit idea. Hot, but, yeah. you know. but as soon as they're gone, you can take it off and <laughs> be a great video. Because yeah. be my son video. was laughing about it. You know, me. And I was like, well, I'd like to see you go over to Pakistan and set up a business. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. Like doing it the other way around be quite tricky, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's always the test. Turn around and see what it looks like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sometimes I've regretted knowing that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they pissed me off, but I don't have to go to the beach, so I don't care. It's fine. Yeah. Funny, they want to do it, it's up to them, isn't it? Yeah, sounds like mosquitoes, mosquitoes, doesn't it? That's what it sounds like. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, some of them do different drinks, like there's the guys who walk around with the coolers, you know, beer, Coca Cola, cerveza, you know, cerveza. yeah, all day long, all summer. They probably make good money in the end. Yeah, I would have thought so. Otherwise, they wouldn't be doing it. Well, there's so many of them. But yeah, it's definitely one way of making money. Yeah, for sure. It's, a, it's an amazing world. Yeah, you can, you know. That's the, that's the thing. That's what I sometimes, even in political things, or what's coming on, you're thinking, well, does this mean more freedom or less freedom to find a way through this mess? That's all, you know? Yeah. Are they making it harder or are they making it easier? What's going on, you know? Some things make it harder and some things make it easier. But at the same time, people are really inventive. You know, you can, it, you, it's like trying to, trying to stop, you know, trying to block that all up, trying to have some sort of complete control. It's when they get into this control freakery business, you know, it's never yeah. going to work. It's never going to work. It's like, you know, it's trying to block up a sieve with your, with your hands. It's, <laughs> uh, it's going to make people avoid it more. Yep. Minimum wage doesn't work, does it? <laughs> it I know, yeah. this is, seriously, they've had to close something like 500 Starbucks in America. <laughs> because just, of minimum wage? Yeah, because it just doesn't work. Yeah. Well, if they've been replaced by other coffee shops that do pay minimum wage, then it does, then it's cool. But if, if they've just made more people unemployed, that's the next test. The idea it's, is then it's already been tested globally and it makes more people unemployed. It reduces competition. What? So you it reduces competition. Uh. So if you're somebody who actually works quite hard and has initiative, it doesn't matter. You're not gonna and you've got a degree you're still getting the same money as the 18-year-old next to you who's daft as a brush, you know what I mean? And if you are showing initiative and, like, there's no way for you to move up. There's no incentive. You, they can't offer you an incentive to stay. They can't say, oh, well, we'll give you £5 extra an hour. or Because that, that corporate system, that doesn't exist. It's like, no, it's minimum wage. 
Yeah. Well, I thought minimum wage meant that was the lowest you could pay anyone, but the, the but that's all the, they do pay anyone, isn't it? That's because like, <laughs> they don't have to. You mean pay yeah, so, but, so what would they would normally start lower than that, and what, and then the the free the the uh, the encouragement would be, oh, we'll take you up to minimum wage, or what? Oh. In any other sort of situation, you have to prove yourself, don't you? And if you prove to be a good employee or whatever somewhere, then that company incentivizes you to stay. Like at the end of the year, they'll review your money. And if they want to keep you, they'll give you a little raise or a bonus or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Well, yeah. If you, if you. That can't happen in structures like supermarkets and coffee chains, or which is where a lot of people work, you know. Can't, can't they work their way up to sort of manager and floor, yeah, that's know, floor manager and then manager? Yeah, you can so apply they... to go up the chain, but you have to stick it out long enough to do that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm sure you've done some stupid jobs. I've done some, I've done some jobs. I, you know, I did, I had one job in a bike factory where I had to sort of file down the, 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 the weld joints on the frames of bikes oh, down the know? serial numbers off of bikes and then what <laughs> just no they they were roughly welded and they've got lots of you know what's it called you know this rough metal around the, the joints where the welders have been yeah. sometimes oh, well you know, not no one wants to, to buy a roughly yeah, welded bike, you know, right? and you had this you know mechanical file and you had to sort of grind it down so you had this metal in your face all day and uh and the same thing again and again and again and i I think I managed one and a half days. I walked out dinner time the second day. I thought, no fucking way. I worked in a kettle factory once where the kettles would arrive from China or whatever, and then we'd have to screw in English plugs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All day. What an exciting day. Yeah. At least you're not getting, you know, bits of metal in your face. It had, um, you know... It had a drink vending machine, <laughs> so that was exciting. Yeah, they all had that, yeah. Uh, just sitting at a table with five strangers talking rubbish, screwing yeah. plugs on kettles. Yeah. <laughs> Doing your time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if only I'd stuck at it. Maybe I'd own the company <laughs> by now. <laughs> but that's what I mean, and you can either... I mean, some people manage to... I mean, obviously, the job I got given was the job everyone gets given when they first start, obviously. And as soon as the next guy comes in, you get moved. Yeah, if you can handle two weeks, three weeks, then the next guy would be there and you'd be moving on. Not so bad, right? But I couldn't. Uh, But some people do, and then they, you know. But what did they do? I mean, I know the factory's, I'm pretty sure it's closed now. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it was on you to get out. And some people, I think, I don't know what it is then <clears throat> finding your way through life you know i never thought there's a freebie necessarily so you know it's all whatever you do someone's got to create it you want a job in a factory well someone's going to make the factory <laughs> and also there's this weird misconception like from the political sphere that jobs are created and like people create it, it it doesn't work like that it, 
jobs. Like one guy, uh, Trump will create jobs. Yeah, no, that's absolute doesn't. ridiculous <laughs> fallacy because jobs are a byproduct of industry. Jobs only come about if creative, innovative people create a situation that needs to employ people. They don't start a company to make jobs. That's not their modus operandi. Is it? <laughs> That's, yeah, yeah. Jobs are just a byproduct of the success of the product that needs yeah, like making. In America, yeah. like with the political yeah. situation, all these politicians just say, oh, we're going to create jobs. Like they can just push a button and create <laughs> jobs. Yeah. <laughs> right. And people actually believe this shit. It doesn't true. work yeah, like they, that. I mean, they can. They do it here. But like, you know, I was talking about the other week, like with the rubbish the, collection the rubbish or yeah, the yeah, gardeners yeah. and all that. Yeah, they can create a certain amount of jobs, but they can't. They can't create. They're not actually creating those jobs out of some sort of compassion for their their nation. It's because they know they can make money out of those jobs. Like the people creating them make more money out of them than the people who get paid to do them. You know. The, the people doing them are just a device to yeah. to make capital in their favor, you know. And they're not satisfying jobs, are they? No. I mean, you know, to a degree. Now, to a degree, yeah. But in and I was thinking, thing, I was just going to make the point, I was thinking like you were talking about, you know, that the means of production, you know, this the before the industrial revolution you know you had your everybody your weavers everyone sat at home created their produce and uh, yeah. you know and sold it and then so you know i kind of live like that digitally i can i have the means of production here yeah i can i can produce something and i can sell it yeah me too i'm the same yeah yeah so that that's that that's still around but it's kind of disguised but it is still there there are all sorts of ways into that um yeah. so that's ma in a way i would say that's made a comeback now because of the internet more than even before because now with the internet people like us artisans or whatever in individuals have a marketplace that they yeah. didn't have before yeah you know the internet has definitely enabled that yeah that's for sure yeah. you can even start your own business you can go on like alibaba or these chinese funny websites like wish that sell all <laughs> these mad chinese and you can buy like 500 plastic thingamajigs from china and get them sent to your house and then you can sell them online yourself individually i mean you can start your own business just selling shit online really simply mm. these days and all yeah. the tools are free to do that you know, people can create revenue streams if they just are willing to like invest a little bit or do something or, you know, even yeah. if you're not creative, there's ways to make money. Yeah, like Etsy, that's a whole thing for like creative people who make crafts and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And yep. I guess I guess the website 
they get a certain percentage of every sale, right? Like, yeah. what, like 15% or something like that. I think it's even less than that. But yeah, they take a percentage for hosting your shop site. Right. Those ones like Shopify or like I've got a little storefront thing. And I just use the free service, but you can only have five items on there at one time on the free service. But if that's you pay, for, you. for uh, me, that's fine, yeah, because I only need a couple at any time. But you can pay like 30 bucks a month and have a basically unlimited shop front. And, you know. Isn't it wild? Like, okay, so you're, you're a painter, James, yeah. and isn't it wild how much people will pay for a painting? Like, I don't you know. Can, <laughs> you can basically just wild, you can yeah. basically just uh just say this work of art is worth this much money and somebody out there will buy it. <laughs> oh not necessarily. Not necessarily, but I have if a it's huge a... pile of unsold paintings in my studio <laughs> if anyone wants to root through them. You know, well but then it's, but not, then like can, off... I, it's not like I can just post a picture on Instagram of one of my paintings and go Hey, that's five hundred thousand pounds. <laughs> well, first that's, one, that's a first bit one, steep, but like first one to like PayPal me. But then you can offer you can offer them at a discount, and people would probably be more likely to buy that because it's discounted, right? Uh, in the art world, there's no discounting. No discounting. That's, that's okay. seen as a negative. It's just like the price. The price of artwork is so arbitrary. That's hundred percent arbitrary. Yeah, it has no <laughs> meaning at all. But art is objective, not subjective. So you are making an object, so it has some intrinsic value as an object. It's just whatever someone's willing to pay for that object. But then people right. aren't actually you... generally people are not buying the art. What they're doing is they're buying like a piece of your personality. Or buying like an image, like an aesthetic of like yeah. this is like a piece of their personality that they want to like project to the world and say, yeah. look what I bought. Or like I have, you know, maybe people who are like fans of my work who've seen it over the years. And they've maybe they've bought a record cover that I did a long time ago, or this, and they've seen it, and now they might have a little bit of money, and they're like, oh yeah, I want to get one, like a real painting. And you know, I can facilitate right. that, but they're sort of buying into the character of the artist. Yeah, it's a bit like yes. buying uh, yeah. a it's not like, and it's not like it's tied to any sort of like hourly wage. Like you pay your, you want to pay yourself this much, you know, per hour for your work. No, you can't like, do it like that. It yeah. doesn't work. It's impossible. Right. <laughs> Especially when it's your life. It's like, how do you monetize that? It's like, it's yeah, all, exactly. It's all I've ever yeah. done. So, realistically, this painting should be five million pounds. But <laughs> if you painted it in your 40s, how many hours is that you invested in that? Exactly. How many fucking sleepless nights have I had deciding whether to kill myself or give up? <laughs> That's what right. you're paying for. <laughs> Yeah. Wow, I'm still alive. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> oh dear, it's painful. 
Well, it's like there's always that one patron, right, who will just shell out whatever because they want that that image that you've created. Sometimes, like, yeah. I think the patron thing is going to come back because the gallery system has taken a massive hit in this sort of anti-capitalist uh, tsunami that we're riding at the moment. Uh, people have realized, like, you know, the jig is up. That doesn't really work. So it's yeah. like people want the real thing. They want to contact an artist themselves and avoid the gallery system and, like, have something more meaningful by a picture that they mm. that means something. I suppose it's yeah I suppose it's easier because now like people can connect directly to an artist but when you say the gallery system so a gallery takes a cut of any, any work that galleries take how much 50 percent 50 percent okay yeah, yeah. across that's the board that's pretty, standard yeah that's pretty steep yeah yeah so if you wow. see a painting in 50%. a gallery for a hundred grand, the artist is getting fifty grand, and then assuming yeah. they pay tax, and assuming they have a house and rent a studio, and that's all they do, the real value of that might be even less. You know what I mean? What they end up actually getting at the end of the day from that sale. Wow. I didn't I didn't realize it was fifty percent as like standard. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. But what it, it, the system used to be like a bit like the record industry. So there's lots of like small independent galleries, you know, that represent sort of unknown artists. And then the, the idea is that you you would do that for a bit and then get noticed by a slightly better gallery and then a mid-tier gallery and then eventually one of the big boys would come in and pick you up it's a lot like the lot like the music industry really yeah so like eventually you get the big record deal yeah. or um a bit like maybe in sports you know like eventually you get signed by one of the top clubs and then mm. that's it you're made <laughs> you, you know you're in the game but Obviously, or it's like a like a skateboarder. You get sponsored by some big company or something yeah, like that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah, bada bing. But obviously, there's far too many artists. Not enough. Uh, it's not enough. So basically, like the, the gallery. End. Basically, like the gallery owners are cleaning up on <laughs> artists' work. Like not really, because only fifty percent. That's that's fucking crazy, dude. Fifty percent. But what's happening? Yeah, you know, music business, they take more. Yeah, yeah. right. That's 90 percent. Yeah, you know, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. An artist's contract is they take ninety percent, and if it's a uh, if they give you the money to make it yourself, then they still take something like seventy eighty percent. Touring, touring is like the main thing, but yeah, no, no, yeah. Like with the internet now, you can like direct market your work to a potential buyer and cut out the middleman so that's the beauty of it yeah but it's, yeah. All, it's all relative i mean like if say you were with a top one of the top galleries they might spend a hundred grand promoting that show it is a different ball game you know I mean, the they, same, might, same with... they might spend that flying in their best clients from like switzerland mm. or to come and see your work 
I mean, they might spend a hundred grand to sell, and then they don't know how many paintings they're going to sell if they're going to sell any. Plus, they're renting ridiculous, massive pieces. Of oh, I see. Real so, estate. Wait, you know. So you're saying you're saying that top galleries will actually pay the travel expense for top clients to come and buy art. They have to. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, they throw like when there's an art fair, like in Basel in Switzerland or Miami. Yeah, they'll they'll fucking stump up the money to, for their clients to come or yeah, put them yeah. in there and they want to bring want to bring the money in. Yeah, and they have to throw these ridiculous dinner parties and <laughs> and plus the. They have to shell out a crazy amount of money on their floor space because they have mm. to present the image of having this, these immaculate big galleries in cosmopolitan areas, you know, and they have to be staffed and they have to have archivists and shipping. And I mean, they might be spending a hundred grand a month just on expenses of just keeping the doors open, you know what I mean? Wow. <laughs> Obviously, with a little independent gallery, it's not like that. And then, yeah, yeah. But what's happened is all the mid tier galleries in the last five years have basically gone bust. So now that like mm. mid ground isn't there anymore. Right. A bit like when streaming started. Yeah, so you're either like in the bottom level or top like there's no yeah ground. it's like the middle just got yeah. cut out completely yeah that seems to be much. what's happening all over the place with anything yeah yeah that's true yeah same in like sports or whatever it's like yeah adios middle ground <laughs> right but a lot of people 10 years ago people were doing really well in that i don't know what happened to it it just all suddenly went. Mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah, not good, is it? I don't know. It's just changed, isn't it? I don't know if it's good. I mean, it wasn't good before. <laughs> so, like, okay, let me let me ask you this: like, what's replaced it then? Is there something replaced it? <laughs> no, nah, it's too soon to tell. I mean, okay. obviously, at the moment, it's all about the internet, isn't it? Because people yeah. can represent themselves. So, so let me ask you this: If somebody buys a fifty thousand dollar painting, are they paying cash? Are they paying cash, or is it a check? Or I don't know. <laughs> I mean, not 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 relating to you specifically. Like you I will, to... I can't sell a painting. For 50, <laughs> <laughs> but... um, I don't know. I just wonder how that works. Like, it's probably like a cash <laughs> check or something from the bank, right? I mean, it's they would be... do a bank transfer. Yeah. Or they'd stick it on their black amic. You can write it. You can write <laughs> on a credit card. Yeah. I'm sure you can write write it off. Art. No companies of... who are buying. Yeah, they. It's it's a tax write off. That's yeah. why a lot of that art sells because companies. Uh, buy. I see. And it's offset against your um, taxes, yeah. And just display it in their corporate office, yeah. Exactly, yeah. I got a friend who's an um, artist in London, and 
he's got a room he's got a boardroom named after him in Deutsche Bank because <laughs> they bought a load of his paintings and they're all in there. <laughs> yeah, banks are the biggest buyers of art. I mean, it's yeah, I guess that's, that's like when you've made it, right? That's when you've made it as a painter, I guess. <laughs> like, or oh, it's whatever. collateral, yeah. But have you made it? I mean, if you've got them as a client. It, it's like anything, though. Once you've sold one painting, it doesn't mean that's it. You got to keep going, you know. Or oh, that one's gone now. You got to make another one, you know. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, you don't get any royalties on it, do you? That's another no, reason. That's it. It's done. Yeah. Like, oh shit, you know. Got to find a way to just fucking keep going, you know. Also, it's it's like fashion. I mean. I like you can have an artist who's quite have a successful couple of years by the way they're very prominent and their shows are selling out but then if one of their collectors or clients suddenly puts a bunch couple of their pieces in auction to get rid of them if they don't the auction prices are not good then everyone who owns their work will start freaking out flipping it and it'll force the price down it's a bit like stocks and shares so you can get oh, artists who yeah, are quite okay. successful for a period, like the hot new thing. Same as in music, you know, like when someone's hot for a minute. Yeah. And then suddenly... It becomes a commodity. Yeah, but then suddenly they have a dip because of some auction prices, and then no one wants to touch them, and they can't give their work away. So almost worse off than they were before they were well-known. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then they got to start again, you know. Yeah. And it does like entertainers, mad. musicians, the same thing, you know. Yeah, it's like somebody's painting used to sell for twenty grand, and now it's worth ten on the market. It's yeah, like, and then oh. so people who have paid twenty are like, "Oh fuck it, I'm getting rid of it now." And then suddenly there's too many of them on the market, so they're not reaching the price. Wow! But it's like stocks and shares. That's you get wild, smart dude. people who figure that out, and they buy it all up and just stick it away because they know that oh, maybe in ten years this will come back around. You know, <laughs> Stuart Lee said yeah. he he went round eBay and everywhere buying up any CDs he saw that under ten euro. <laughs> <laughs> under ten euro to to at least keep the price above ten euro for his his DVDs or something. You know. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've seen that routine. That's very funny. Yeah. So, like, when you say collectors, like, there's people out there who will uh, find one artist that they really like their work, and they'll pay the asking price. They'll they'll, they'll become like a champion just, of that artist, and they'll yeah. yeah, they'll just buy everything that they make. You know, it does happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean dealers I guess, will do that. That would be. I mean, as a painter, like, that would be good, right? I mean, saved. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For for as long as you've got a guaranteed guaranteed market for a little while, anyway. As long as he doesn't pay you a visit at some point and sort of tactfully point out (laughs) that it would be in his interest if you died an early death, (laughs) or if they they, like try to give you pointers, like maybe like if they try to give you advice, like maybe you could do this a little differently. (laughs) Now it's when they invite you to come bungee jumping for the weekend. Strange, beautiful people turn up for no reason and seem to know your exact sexual predilections. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that going on. Yeah, 
and then you have a colourful downfall. Yeah, it's like, oh, your next exhibition, I've arranged it all. It's going to be in Wuhan. Yeah? <laughs> or like, or like, can I just pay you in cocaine? Would that work? <laughs> There's a lot of that goes on, yeah. <laughs> <coughs> the gallery expenses, they call that. Um, yeah. They call it flowers and candles or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they can write that <laughs> off, probably. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Quite possibly. Say <laughs> can. I know someone who paid, who got paid for painting it with a brand new um, car. What was it? One of the Italian ones. Uh, Fiat. Maserati. Maserati. A guy drove it to his studio and said, all right, you can have it if I can have that painting. <laughs> and the guy was like, yeah, cool. All right, done. Flip yeah. that shit. That's the story of Mike Mike Oldfield, isn't it? Because he he was supposed to play Tube of the Bells live, and he was, uh, and he didn't want to do it. And he said he wouldn't do it, and he actually kind of walked out before the beginning of it. And and uh, Richard Branson took him around in his Rolls Royce and said, "If you do it, I'll give you this car." And then he did it. Interesting. <laughs> well, Rolls Royce used to be you know a bit special, didn't they? Yeah. Well, he only well, just need all he needed was the right incentive. Huh? Yeah, I'd do it for a Rolls Royce. Even yeah. I'd play tubular bells. <laughs> yeah, and then you think, well, oh, fuck it. If I, yeah, I think he was just you know paranoid about playing a wrong note, not you know doing it badly. Everyone knew this note for note now. This thing, and he had to play it live. I can imagine that. He never played live. He wasn't alive. Yeah. You know? I went to I went to the opera house last night to see uh, James Rhodes. It's really good. He's a pianist, English. He plays classical piano, but in his own style. That's good. Yeah. What did he yeah. play? He played a bit of bark to kick things off, and then he did three Beethoven pieces. Whoa. Yeah, yes. pretty fucking heavy. And then he did a couple of encores. <laughs> well, I don't know what they were. No list. Uh, no, no, no Schubert. Mm, Nah, he's not a Schubert guy. Got one of his CDs, actually. It's good. Some lots of fireworks, huh? Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty nuts. He's English, <laughs> but uh, he lives in Spain now. Um, yeah, it's really good. Plus, it's at the Opera House, so it's like, you know, it's a bit special. Yeah, yeah, okay, the Opera House is beautiful. Yeah. You should have, yeah, showed us pictures of that. There yeah, you go. Cool. Culture. You, even he was overwhelmed, like, Jesus, playing this place. Well, he was speaking. Yeah, Catalan, that must. But, yeah. He could speak, he could speak Catalan. Yeah, really well. My wife was impressed. Okay. Yeah, great. I guess yeah, if, sure. you can, if you can play Beethoven, you can probably learn a language. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I guess if you have the sort of brain that can learn music and. It's probably a brain type, isn't it? Yeah, well, you often find that people who classical people who play classical music are also just generally, uh, yeah, you know, wearyingly intelligent. Exactly. <laughs> they do, do speak several languages and, and the whole thing. Yeah, it's kind of like they're always receding at the front. <laughs> yeah, it seems to be so. Think about that. Yeah, so easy. So, yeah. 
but of course you've had that kind of life where you've been yeah. training these things and doing these things all your life so been quite a lot of discipline behind all this and this guy i'll bung one of his clips in the anyway that was a bit of a cultural night out for us too so what else has been happening in this virtual reality world vr world oh i don't know well i, I actually mean it in the broader sense of the internet and and uh you know think about reality tv and now uh, which is you know started it all off in a way in a lot of respect that whole kind of reality tv yeah ordinary people on the screen oh god Ord yeah ordinary people being famous ordinary people having a voice well, famous <laughs> people are ordinary people yeah but you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> you weren't you weren't condoned by the bbc or itv or there were there was a very narrow bottleneck in onto the screen so I know on, if someone got on tv it was you know for whatever it didn't matter <laughs> i know, what you you mean. know? <laughs> murder yeah. and rape Ooh, did you see jerry on the tv last night <laughs> I didn't know he was a rapist. At, uh, at um, you know, that kind of oh, power of the screen, you know, 15 minutes of fame, you know, Andy Warhol and that stuff, yeah? Yeah. So, yeah, now it's so all about you YouTube. I went down a bit of yeah. a mad um, rabbit hole after Brexit because, um, you know, obviously I feel quite removed from it. So on the night of Brexit itself, when the celebrations were going on i thought oh, i'll have a look on youtube and see if there's any like coverage of it you know news or and the normal news channels were really boring they weren't really showing much just some people waving some flags but they weren't talking to anyone or it wasn't really getting the vibe of it you know yeah so i looked for some live streams and then i found this live stream yeah it was four people doing a classic youtube four-way talk you know yeah and they were and they're all like english young english people and very nationalistic and like yeah being saying going on about the positives and they had a huge they had thousands of people watching this stream and i was like well there's something to this isn't there you know and there was loads they were getting loads of super chats and there was a massive comments thing and like so I went and checked out their various channels and then that led to like another 10 channels. And it, there's this whole new thing of young English people just sitting and talking to the camera about England and what they think about it. And, and um, yeah, it's been a right rabbit hole, but there's this huge community. And these are people who are all like pro Brexit, but, they don't see Brexit as an end. They were like, well, yeah, no. that's, that's just one thing out of the way now. Now we've got to sort the country out. And yeah. politics and what, what's that mean? Well, they don't think politics is going to do it. You know, they, okay. they feel like the globalist agendas have like fucked the country up and they're sick of all the shit and they don't want gay pride in their kids' schools and like, they don't 
they want proper jobs and they're like and these are like quite middle class people it's not like um you know yeah that's maybe that's the thing like you were saying the middle's fallen away these are disenfranchised middle class and these are mainly people who have been to university and they've got yeah. big following some of them have got like twenty thousand followers on their youtubes and they okay. do really interesting streams about economics and like uh philosophy and like they know all about frankfurt school and all the banking and all the there's no conspiracy shit on there. It's all just very like straight talking. There's a lot of humor as well. It's like camaraderie. And it's yeah. like they do these, there's so many of them doing these live, they, like, they sort of overlap. So sometimes they'll be live streaming at the same time and, and people are bunging in super chats and like bringing up subjects and they're interviewing quite interesting people. Like, like they sort of bleed into like Peter Hitchens territory. Yeah. Okay. Peter Hitchens is kind of interesting. Yeah. A few he's of always surprising. Him. You think you've yeah. got him tubbed and then he's, and then no, you haven't. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, there's this whole, and it's like, wow, these people are like, oh, this is sort of entertainment, but it's more than entertainment because people are involved and like, interacting so what do you a lot think, of these people weren't, i don't know something's going on there. it's very interesting could you what would, would you would you extract some sort of core values out of what they were doing what do you think they're heading for are they or are they just themselves kind of still sort of open as to where they're going that's it they're trying to figure it out between yeah, themselves yeah it's yeah. A sort of they're sort of talking about nationalism but not in a fascistic way they're talking about yeah. why they sh not being ashamed to be British and having values yeah. and being living in a country they'd be happy for their kids to grow up in. Yeah. Sort of quite plain speaking, you know. They don't yeah. trust the media at all. They don't look at it. Yeah. It's like, no, fuck all that. Fuck TV. That's all over. Yeah, they really are. They don't, they don't belong anywhere. No, no. It's, it's they don't really belong in any right. of the political parties that are on offer at the moment. They kind of like fall in the gaps there. They hate them. They like, mm. they're like, no, they're like the conservatives are cunts. You know, yeah, they did Brexit, but that doesn't mean anything. It's just, <laughs> you know, that doesn't Well, they often make, I mean, they've made it plain now in the first few weeks of the government that they're a global Britain. Um, yeah, and now exercising right. its its power on the global stage, right? You say, yeah. Hey, so, come back, yeah. come back. <laughs> We're back. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so, it's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Give me my stick. Here we go. Let's yeah. <laughs> so I've discovered I've discovered this whole civilization on YouTube. All these people. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Yeah, it's really good. I okay. Mean, just people just yakking about shit. I mean, it does get yeah. a bit salty, like, I don't want to say right wing, but it does get a yeah. bit occasionally, because yeah. obviously there's elements of like, well, because one of the slogan things that sort of banded about is about replacement, like they understand the great replacement theory that's been going on in Europe, because they can see it firsthand, and they're like, no, this has got to be the next issue. You know, it's, oh. like, it's like, what is the end of multiculturalism? It's like, you know, how yeah. do we know when that, that has been achieved? 
you know that needs to stop you know yeah uh, it's quite interesting yeah yeah well they should be they need to be listened to like everyone else so you know when there's there's got to be you know it's just the thing. It's when they get bulldozed and then they get repressed, or anything. you don't want to do that. People need to be listened to. Yeah, so, it's so funny you... just coming from sort of our more conspiracy side of it. It's like they they all are completely aware that the whole vegan thing and the rainbow flag thing is all just rubbish, you know, and, <laughs> and the wars are bullshit. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? They uh-huh. they aren't. They understand they've been sold a they've been sold a bad lot. And, uh, yeah, package. Yeah. Package. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. But they are these people could like yeah. Super chats are flying in. They're making uh, so it's going to be really interesting, and like I say, because you know, so sure, what's going to, where the government's going and where these kids are is somewhere else. So that's yeah. another element just to sort of bear in mind there, you know? Yeah. Well, it's funny. Yeah. Because I watched um, Niall Ferguson. Um, because I've been going down this YouTube rabbit hole, I've been getting some really weird <laughs> suggestions. Who's Niall Ferguson? At the name He's a historian. He's a Scottish guy. He's oh, yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. Yeah, the long-haired guy. Long no, no, hair. he doesn't have long hair anymore. Okay. No, he's um he's a senior fellow at the Hoover Institute, previously professor at Harvard. I know, yeah. I know him. Yeah, and I know a research yeah. fellow at from Jesus College, Oxford. But basically, he just does um he's what you'd call like globalist. You know, he's like in there. And he's he Scottish, does, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And he does these talks. He gets paid crazy money to do talks to like banks and whatnot about the state of the world, you know. So I thought, all right, this will be interesting. He had his latest talk on the other week, and he's talking to some banking consortium. Let's hear what he's got to say. And he was just fucking useless. Like he was so behind that, like he was talking about. Twitter being a political tool and like all this sort of thing. It's like, no, no, no. Twitter's not a political tool. He, he, do you know what I mean? He was just sort of talking in newspeak. And it's like, this is a guy they're paying to tell them what to do. And he doesn't know what's going on. Like, he hasn't got a clue how people think, you know. He's just going off. Like, he's a react, he's reacting to what happens with Brexit. He's not mm. philosophizing about, he couldn't predict it. He didn't know mm. it was going to happen. He's no. like just sorting through the debris and trying to come up with a smarmy reason for it. He's like, yeah, he, well, he doesn't actually know why it happened. It's quite funny. Because Twitter is <laughs> not a political tool. Because right? people think Twitter's like, um, oh, yeah, you know free speech but you don't have free speech because twitter's censored like if you've got an opinion that doesn't accord with globalist worldview then you get kicked off twitter you know Mm. you get banned if you say something even mild like oh i don't like gay people you would get banned (laughs) no but you know what i mean 
I mean, I, yeah, I've okay. got nothing. I'm just using that as an example. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But these these sort of social networks, Twitter and Facebook, if you say things against the globalist project, you get banned from them or you get... So they don't have a realistic... They're not a realistic touchstone of how people are thinking because they're throttled idealistically. So you can't go to Twitter to get the opinion of the nation because it's skewed one way. Mm. So you can't use it as a... It's not viable as a realistic resource to know what's going on. You know what I mean? Well, no, they obviously... Yeah, but they obviously don't know about this whole seam you found. No, but Um, I mean, that's what I mean. But politics... From what I, they all the news they talk about Twitter as if it's a thing, as if it's like a structural like cog in the machine, and it's like no, it's not. It's fucking garbage. <laughs> it's like, yeah, right. I, I've never understood why it's, it's part like of the really, feedback loop. Yeah, they tried to set it up as some sort of power tool of you know, kind of like leaks. Same with Facebook. So. I mean, never been on Facebook, but you know. There was that whole thing a couple of years ago, wasn't there, where Zuckerberg had to go to the Congress or something, or, you know, he was hauled into, you know, and they talk in Europe about, oh, yes, we're going to put regulations on Facebook. And it's like, yes, that's exactly what Facebook wants. They need regulation because when you get regulation from the government, you are part of the system. That's how you get integrated because once you have regulation that you comply with, then you can't have competition because anyone who tries to come up with the same sort of platform as an independent platform, they'll then be subject to those regulations and they won't be able to compete. That's Uh how they kept the car industry going in America. It's like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so they, I do. They try and sell the idea that Facebook, like Zuckerberg's this kind of outsider, like, oh, we're going to regulate your crazy little app. He's, he's Zuckerberg's like, yes, please do. <laughs> <laughs> regulate the hell out of it. Then I'm done, you know. Yeah. That's how it works, isn't it? You mean, <clears throat> the one thing that always struck me with Facebook is how many people Basically, people I know, I know they're just, they're, you know, not working for anybody or anything. I know these people, I know what they do. I, you know, they buy into something and then shill for it. Yeah. Yeah. Take something from the mainstream press or whatever and, and amplify it. Basically, publish it. You're basically advertising now for these guys. Yeah. yeah. And you're, amplify. you amplify. That's a good word. That's what I think that's what they do. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a way of amplifying a message. Yeah, and Either as we know, outrage or... works the best. So, so there's all these outrage. Yeah, as you're saying, right back to the beginning, it's like we need. <clears throat> what did you? What was the phrase again? I can't Man- repeat it. Manipulative outrage or something. Weren't well, there? Okay, you have to hit rewind. I can't remember what I said. <laughs> yeah, true artist. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was speaking off the top of my head. It's like, yeah, but it was good. Said. At least we've recorded it. We'll have to go back and listen to what it was, but it was something like that. 
sort of yeah. uh, inflammatory speculation. I think that was inflammatory yeah. speculation. Yeah, yes. And that works <laughs> really well. That works really well. Yeah, we like a bit of that. Yeah, and that's amazing. And then, you know, um, and it's got this, then you can, and you've got this stream that never ends, you know, basically. Yeah. Yes. So again, that sort of what's the point? Because you know, you just move on, move on, next, next. <laughs> and what's the next outrage? Yeah. One. <laughs> we had one this morning. We need another one now. It's like it's the middle of the afternoon. <laughs> Give us some more outrage. <laughs> and then, and then have you got these? I think you've got there's five emojis you can sort of choose from. You know. That's good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it kind of like reduces you to sort of like I don't know, some sort of <clears throat> well, basically a baby. You you've got you know. You need a sixth emoji which denotes the expression "you are a fucking cunt," <laughs> <laughs> just to put it in balance, you know. Yeah, Otherwise, something. People are never going to know. They're not going to get realistic feedback. Yeah. There are some people who play with it, you know. Occasionally, you get the one, you know, I'm the I'm the obsessive that can't stop posting this shit, and you're the person that keeps fucking liking it, you know. Or, um, those sort of things that come up every now and then. And, uh, but um, but yeah, it is. I saw it as well as a a kind of drug. Yeah, yeah. I suddenly find myself scrolling down one too long. Why am I doing this? I've got other things to do, and. Um, and then you know, realize like like any other drug in a way. Well, I've got to be careful with this stuff. Can't have too many. Yeah, someone was looking at it. We were at lunch the other day, and someone was looking at this fucking annoying like video app thing. It was just videos, videos like really short, just constantly streaming, like bouncing from one thing to another. Uh, I was like, God, that's infuriating. What is that? And uh, she was like, oh, it's called TikTok. It's funny. And she was like, yeah, everyone's on it. And I said, um, yeah, but I don't know everyone. So <laughs> it wouldn't be much good for me. <laughs> that's a good reason not to be on it, isn't it? Yeah. If everyone's there, then. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean, everyone's on it? <laughs> I don't know everyone who is anyone in my clique has done it. That's what it means. Yeah, can you imagine if that was true? Anyone who's anyone. Yeah, everyone who counts, James. I don't know why you're not there. <laughs> Can't imagine. <laughs> I'm not on it. <clears throat> I feel so left out. Yeah, or you could do this the Groucho Marx number, isn't there? And so I wouldn't want to be a member of a club that'd have me. Yeah, I've never been one for clubs. I've lived with that quote since I was about ten. Yeah. Because I used to love yeah. the Marx brothers. Yeah. And luckily when we were kids, that sort of thing was on television. So you were exposed yeah. to it. Yeah. My favorite yeah. Marx brother was Carl. <laughs> Yeah, he wasn't bad. He wasn't bad. But the one good thing that Carl did is he came up with the expression capitalism as a derogatory 
Yeah, because it was like a derogatory term for the free market. But now, weirdly, yeah. that's been absorbed into the... <laughs> now it's called capitalism. Yeah, Even like though Prime it Minister. was a Marxist critique of the free market. Oh, that happens all the time. <laughs> Prime Minister was also a derogatory term at first. Yeah. Yeah. My favourite Marx brother quote is... Uh, what is this? Is, uh, oh, I never forget a face, but in your case, I'll make an exception. That's Capital. <laughs> Animated movie. Yeah, Disney should Dance. make Dash Capital. That would be dope. They probably will make it. Dash Capital, hand over fist. Hey, there's some pretty racy parts in there, aren't there? I seem to remember dipping into it. Sometimes there's some pretty fiery language going on, some quite amazing scenes. It's, it's quite. It's not as dry as you think, is it? You have, oh, did you have to reach for your smelling salts, Matty? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just seem to remember someone, talk, someone reading passages, hearing passages, and thinking, what? This is does Capital never. It was quite sort of poetic. Oh, yeah. Shakespeare on beta blockers. I bet there's a, a comic of it somewhere. <laughs> Das Kapital, the comic, there's got to be. Come on, look it up, someone. There's got to be. I don't know. Disney should do it as a film. Yeah. Did, like summer blockbuster. Yeah. But communism's really in now. All right. It's like it's the hip thing, isn't it? That's the sequel, the follow up to Civilization and its discontents. Yeah. It's, it is Das Kapital, the musical. <laughs> Springtime yeah. for Hitler. Springtime for Hitler and Germany. I just had the world's longest commute, and uh, 90% of it was in total bat country. Total <laughs> bat country. country. <laughs> Zero bat. Fear and loathing country? in Florida. It's, uh, it's, Real poor cell phone reception. I couldn't jump in. I was just it was so spotty. I couldn't even listen. It would break up so much. So. Damn Yankees! What the fuck did they do to Florida? Huh? Nah, just develop it. You know, where's your five G at, bro? Yeah, where's the five G? You should have five G by now. I don't know either. I don't know either, and it's really <laughs> disappointing me. Depends they if probably... you're. Um... If the servers are being run off a wind farm, <laughs> winning, winning. They got solar down in Florida, surely, huh? What do oh, they have? It's going up all over the place, man. There's a uh, a lot of work in the solar in the solar industry, putting those um, installing the solar. Uh, I can't think of the right word for it, but they're Panels. like, yeah, but they're like fields of them. You know what I mean? Yeah, Instead yeah. of uh, replacing solar farm. like. Is that what it's called, the solar farm? Oh, solar farm yeah, yeah, they call it a solar farm. Yeah, yeah just... uh, that's nice, so, isn't it? That sounds yeah. kind of like, you know. Yeah, they should call it, I've got a better name for it. What about a solar plantation? <laughs> 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 and you could get yeah, solar plantation owners. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of work in the your... south in that cotton fields. And you got your solar slaves. Yeah. Exactly. Do you know hey. what I mean? So maybe Africa, 
maybe Africa can... could sell us some more. It's 2020, you know, things have changed. So well, that was the, was the idea, wasn't it? They just sold her up the Sahara. I mean, then that's it. Power for Europe. And, uh... No, no, no. Don't be silly. Africa. You can't no, go... There. You can't go giving wood-burning societies access to easy <laughs> energy. That would fuck up the, the ecosystem. Fucking generator. Yeah, how would we? No, no, it's just not going to work. You know? Oh, you need to have um, you need to have college kids from the U.S. to travel to Africa to give them little solar panels so they can have one little in their house yeah. so they can have there yeah, to give them like a panel that you put in your backpack that charges your cell phone on the way to school yeah. <laughs> so they can use instagram and shit yeah exactly. and just I enough give, energy I can to give use them a social loan. media yeah to buy some micro fish Putting everything into microfish. It's gonna be big. Is it a migrant phone? Microfish. No. Are you are you talking about like tiny goldfish? Micro. Yeah, just because if you've got tiny money, you have to buy really tiny food. Crypto, <laughs> Crypto fish. Mini tuna. Sea monkeys. Can you imagine like sea monkeys? Can you imagine like mini banknotes? <laughs> I give you a micro loan. Just tiny little, <laughs> tiny little dollars. Charles of it's like Monopoly money, but small. Really, no, really small, like stamps. <laughs> They'd have the queen's face on it. It'd be perfect. Of course, yeah, yeah, definitely have the queen's head on it. I mean, it'd be legit. Yeah, yeah. as long as there's somebody, somebody's important face on it. Legit. The new thing in that micro money. Just save space and trees. You know. Yeah, exactly. It would cut down on wallets, so there's less leather being used. You have to have a well. If it was like, if it was manufactured of um, recycled like plastic water bottles, that would be better. That'd be fucking awesome. Or just make plastic water bottles a currency. <laughs> Cut out the middleman. <laughs> Did you hear about that thing in McDonald's where it's the fiftieth anniversary of the Big Mac? Yay! Is it? No, I didn't know that. No, right? So they're bringing out these like token things. I think it's like a coin that, for some reason, if you get one of these coins, you can go to McDonald's and swap it for a Big Mac. Is it hidden in the patty? Like it'll break your tooth out if you bite oh, it? I, think, I don't know how it works. You know, this is just the general thing. Anyway. You sure, you, sure you're not getting mixed up with Brexit? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. This is, this is, this is commerce at work. They but got someone, a coin too, haven't they? They got a coin. Someone pointed out. You got to buy like, you got to buy two milkshakes and a salad. And then you'll something get like that. Big you, Mac coin. Yeah, you get the coin, then you can swap it for a Big Mac. But the thing is, um, somebody pointed out, well, wait a minute. Uh, the dollar isn't actually backed by anything. 
So at least those McDonald's coins are actually backed by Big Macs. They're a more <laughs> they're legitimate currency than the American dollar. <laughs> <laughs> People should just start trading those. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> a currency that's actually backed by something. Yo, I, I bet, I bet like 50 Big Mac coins the other and uh, I lost bad. People will be trading them online. I'm sure some weird sort of <laughs> currency market is going to open up based around those. McCoin. I hope that's a true story. McCoin. McDollars. McDollars. If they did go try to go fully digital, those are the sort of things that would probably spring up, wouldn't they? Private sort of internal oh. cash systems. Oh, thank God for that. I didn't make it up. It's a real thing. Internet said so. Yeah, there's five coins you can collect. Oh, collectors even. Collectibles. Yeah. I heard about, what were you guys saying about that 12-inch pianist or something? That's, I caught a little bit of that. Yeah. <laughs> you went to the opera and saw a 12-inch pianist? He was, no, he, he's about, I would say, about 74 inches. Tall. Good night. Yeah. 88, 88 keys. Yeah. Oh, where's Lloyd Pye? Oh, damn it, I messed that up. Where's um <laughs> Lloyd where's, Pye? Uh, That's Marty Leeds? Where's Marty Leeds? Fuck. <laughs> uh, fuck that one all up. Ed, mark this mark the time, James. Edit that out, will you, bro? Mark <laughs> okay, yeah. I'll cut that out. Just for you. Marty Leeds. <laughs> What's he doing nowadays, Marty? Anybody still checking with him? The piano. So I thought I would uh, throw that in. There. I think he's. Uh, I think he's a full-fledged flatter. I'm pretty sure. Piano. Yeah, yeah. Gematria leads to flat Earth. Apparently. Back again. It's a, it's a circle of life. <laughs> oh wait a minute! So you get one of these Big Mac if you buy a Big Mac, you get <laughs> you get a Big Mac coin. That You're obsessed with this. Yeah, this is getting dangerous now, James. So you kind of. <laughs> it says it's only in America. That's so why I'm not. Oh right. Oh wait a minute. Yeah, wait a minute. That's right. Mm -hmm. Apparently, last year they sold 1.3 billion Big Macs. <sighs> a lot, isn't it? A lot Russ of frozen. There, over there, you get like a pound sterling. Russ in Florida, he can attest. <laughs> USA. Motherfuckers oh, be smoking Big Macs. Like they grind them up, they dehydrate them. Dehydrate Big Macs. And they just smoke that. them. Like no, a crack, pipe. crack pipe. Wow. I don't know. Well, isn't there some Big Mac somewhere in a museum now? And the lettuce is all disintegrated and everything, but that's the only thing. The rest of it looks pristine. The Washington Museum of American Awesomeness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those things yeah, last forever. Yeah, the fries and stuff. I don't. I think it's a cheeseburger. I'm not sure. Maybe that. Someone's just a cheeseburger. He's not even in his car. A cheeseburger. <laughs> 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 
That's yes. what happens when you drive. When that's what happens when you drive at the same time. What's ironic, James, is that you cut out while you're saying that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. So we only heard. What's ironic is you do. And then, but me and Matty just laughed anyway, just to fill in the awkward silence. That's my awkward silence. I think that's. I think that's. That's what we should call the new podcast. Awkward. That's great. I like that. Let's call it that. I like that, James. Had the exact same thought as you were saying it. Brilliant. I didn't want to interrupt. Right. We're just confronting. Really good name for a podcast. <laughs> Awkward <laughs> silence, like it. Yeah. Yeah, someone's going to have to invest in um, StreamYard, and then we're going to have to do this. The I'm only way, on board. the only way is to do it. YouTube is the only way to do to get things across. I like to. What I've realised in my this week's rabbit hole is. The partition is all about the live stream. People doing live YouTubes where people can watch, oh, yeah. chat at the same time, do donations, right. ask questions. And then the people doing the live thing, like mentioning people in the chat, and it's much more interactive and social. And then that's how you build a community to you know, follow what you're trying to do. It's no good just making a few videos and sticking them up or I don't think podcast is the way to go to be honest. I think podcasts a bit of a dead end. Yeah. I think well, quite, yeah, that's I think they're kind of cool at the moment. <laughs> no, but I like I mean I like listening to them. But I think ultimately they're gonna go out the window because people want something more interact I mean they're not gonna die out, but at the moment they just there's too many, aren't there? They're sort of silly. Like, I think it's just a phase of... Uh, I mean, everyone... I think if you're trying to build an audience for a product or an idea, then yeah. the right. best way to do it is to do a weekly live YouTube stream at an exact time when people can tune in and be interactive yeah, yeah. And build a community yeah, but like the that. way, yeah that's the way they tell you to do it i mean if you go into this creator and all that stuff youtube and they literally if you do what they tell you it works yeah. they they give you so they tell you yeah the best thing right. is set a premiere set a date when it's going to be released do a live stream notify yeah. all your friends build I think an audience the, sure the thing with youtube is you have to do like one video per day on youtube i uh, know if you're doing the live stream thing you can get away with one a week. Right, right. But then inevitably, those people will do other ones during the week and they'll be on other people, guests on other people's. Yeah, that's there's the a thing, lot of yeah. cross pollination. Right. You know, because yeah. there's a guy that I watch who does one where he talks about, he does a thing called Cigar Stream where he just chats about economics and life and culture, blah, blah. But then he does another one called unpopular opinions where he invites people from his chat to be guests and he sort of rotates the guests each week and oh nice That's he has cool. a list of subjects and they have to pick one of the subjects and then usually ramble on for a couple of hours 
And, um, Hell yeah. But it really works. You know? Sounds like fun. Yeah, it's interesting how it works. It does seem to be... The thing with YouTube, like, in order to to be able to go live on YouTube, you have to provide um, a cell phone number. Yeah. So that's that's not something I've been willing to do up to this point, but yeah. you happen. have to have some balls as well, and you've got to be able to talk for an hour at least. You know what I mean? Yeah. You oh yeah. The natural storyteller, he can at least have the first half an hour down that you're what because after a while, people right. start obviously reacting to the chat and like. You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because when you got that chat going, it's like a whole other thing. Like, you have to make a choice: you're going to interact or not. You know, it's yeah, it's a balancing it's act to be able to right. do both. Yeah, it's an interesting time though. That would be fun. And how do That'd they? Probably be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I like the idea. We could get uh, we could get fake fake there, maybe like you know QOR or fakeologists, <laughs> one of those people on there. I'm sure they yeah. join. <laughs> yeah, because the people who join the chats, they don't use a lot of them. Don't have a live feed. They'll just have an they just have their icon because they don't want to be on screen. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's less distracting well, as well. That's the whole thing. Like, if you're on YouTube, you gotta probably show your face. I mean, that's well, you don't have cool to thing. on YouTube. A lot of people you just have you, their icon. Yeah, you don't have to, but it's like, but it's YouTube, so it's video. Like, people want to see somebody's face. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, yeah, it's totally optional. Oh yeah, do it. Yeah, I think yeah, you're gonna get more views if you show your face. And you're for sure, yeah, for sure. People can respond to and <laughs> yeah. can't take yourself too seriously either. So, is this kind of general advice for would-be people who want to kind of reach people, or is that the plan? No, I, I have no intention of doing. No, okay, okay. <laughs> I was going to say I can't see that working for us really. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't think it'll <laughs> what work. What do we want to say? I mean, that's the whole point, isn't it? Yeah, that's not really what we're about. <laughs> but... It's too late for us guys. Too late. I mean, we're yeah. all too anyone, old. That's the anyone thing. Anyone who like... listens to this, who is inspired to <laughs> go down some <laughs> sort of route, that's the way you've got to do it. Yeah. Don't have yeah, an obscure chat on a Discord on a Monday night with no one listening. Right, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you've gone, he if you if you're here, you took a wrong turn somewhere. If you, it's not where you want to go. We're here at the corner, you know. Hello, <laughs> you lost Back your way. Up. <laughs> you've lost your way. I don't know what you're doing right now, but you know. To back up the bus. This is the quiet room. Maybe you wish to confess. <laughs> Leave your comments below. Mm. Oh, you can't. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got to go, gentlemen. It's been nice, but um, yeah, got to go. So, okay. Later. Yeah, it's been yeah. nice talking to you, James. <laughs>